adding value for a prime partner by contributing to proposal writing, color team reviews, and more to solidify your role as a subcontractor is often the name of the game. It's a way to get your foot in the door or break into new accounts when as a small, you independently may not have all the requisite vehicles and past performance to be competitive. Ideally, the team's efforts result in a win, but that may not guarantee your company a seat at the table. What happens when the win comes through and you're ghosted? Recovering and making sure that doesn't happen again becomes priority number one. In federal contracting for small businesses, subcontracting, a type of teaming arrangement, is one of the top strategies used to gain past performance, enhance capabilities, and grow revenue. Today, we're going to hear a story about the experience of how a small, woman-owned minority business recovered and pivoted to improve outcomes on their teaming to grow their business. Welcome to Unveiled GovCon Stories, where we explore the experiences and share the stories of small businesses and government contracting to spotlight the often sugar-coated or avoided discussions that speak to the reality of doing business within the U.S. public sector as a small business, with your co-host Tasha Jones and Yaz Wen. On this episode, we're joined by Carol Monroe, President and CEO, and Justin Cook, Director of Strategic Growth and Technology of Red Sky a small GovCon based in Ashburn, Virginia, providing IT, program and project management services with capabilities in cybersecurity operations, strategic and tactical planning, IT governance, and PMO services. Carol Monroe is the leading force behind Red Sky, bringing over 15 years of contract experience in operations and management consulting. Throughout her career, she has improved business processes, developed strategic communication plans, and delivered integrated technology solutions to Homeland Security, Veterans Affairs, Justice, Department of Defense, as well as many other state and local government organizations. Carol is a certified program project management professional and graduated with a Master's of Business Administration, an MS in Management, and a BA in Criminology and Criminal Justice. Fun fact, Carol had a pygmy marmoset monkey as a child. For our second guest, as a Director of Strategic Growth and Technology, Justin Cook drives business development efforts and key partnership initiatives to expand corporate capabilities and develop meaningful solutions for Red Sky's clients. Justin is a 24-year Air Force veteran with communications and maintenance background and has served in multiple roles of escalating responsibility and authority from small tactical teams to senior leadership roles in the Department of Defense, delivering and managing mobile airborne and in-route communications initiatives. Justin is also a certified project management professional with a BA in information technology. Carol and Justin, thank you for being brave, pulling back the curtain, and sharing your GovCon story with us. So with that, Carol, share with us what happened. Tasha, thanks so much for having us on today. Really excited to be here. So this is a kind of an interesting story. Back in 2019, we were approached by another small business who found us on a matchmaking platform. It's one of those platforms that many of us fill out as new new businesses where you put in your core capabilities, your information, your small business designations, and hope to get matched up with another teaming partner in hopes of going after some larger opportunities that perhaps you can't on your own. So in 2019, as I mentioned, we were, um, we were contacted by another small business who was pursuing the Oasis, um, the Oasis contract vehicle on-ramp at the time. They reached out to us and asked to meet we went through all the pleasantries and things seemed to be working out really well. So from there, we went on to a teaming agreement. And once everything was signed, we started helping them prepare for the proposal effort. They wanted to partner with us for a couple of reasons. One, we had 
uh, DOD past performance that was meeting the thresholds that I guess they were uh, they were meeting or um, they had capability gaps in. So, anyways, after we help submit um, all the documentation, helped review different documents, the proposal documents, provided our past performance, provided all our reps and certs, all that good stuff. We gave each other a high five and um, submitted the submitted the proposal package. Months went by and we never heard from them. We reached out several times via phone, via email, um, and just checking in for, for updates. I want to say we probably heard from them once or twice during that uh, first six-month period, basically just letting us know that nothing had happened, that there had been no movement on award or contract vehicle or anything yet. At that point, the company was about two years old, so we were a little naive. I was definitely a little naive in terms of partnering with, with other companies and um, the way contract vehicles in general were being awarded. This would have been our first contract vehicle win. We had other contracts where we had um, supported both as a sub and a prime, but from a vehicle perspective, this would have been the first one. So anyways, a year goes by and still nothing. A year and a half goes by and still nothing. And at that point, we weren't getting phone calls or emails or texts back anymore. Um, so very different situation than what those first six months looked like. Finally, one day in 2022 at this point, um, very early 2022, I, I, it kind of just popped up in my head again. And I said, you know what? I wonder whatever happened with that. In the meantime, the company had grown. We'd won other contracts. We actually got our mass schedule. So we were busy. And um, Oasis was not on the back burner, but definitely not, um, not top priority, especially because we hadn't heard anything on it. So I checked their website and lo and behold, there's a press announcement that uh, they won Oasis um, Small Business. So I reached out to them and I said, hey, you know, I heard we won. I didn't get an email for a response back immediately. But after a few attempts, I heard back from them. And the, the answer we got was, we're so sorry. We thought something happened to you. We reached out so many times, which, you know, I was able to reach them, but clearly they weren't able to reach me. So anyways, that that's the story. Um, to date, we, you know, we we haven't ever heard from them again since that last conversation. At that point, they they promised that they would send us the OASIS information, that they would send us all the past task orders that had come out up to that point, um, and that they were going to make sure that we got any future task order information. None of that ever happened. And honestly, I'm probably grateful, right? Um, I always go by when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. So in this case, we we learned that that wasn't the right company for us to partner with. And uh, I'm, I'm happy to say that we've grown since then. I'm sure they've grown since then and we've all moved on, but it was definitely a lesson learned. Really appreciate that information and, the, and that story. I mean, it resonates and will resonate with a lot of other small business owners trying to learn how to navigate the dynamics of partnering. Um, you mentioned that the initial introduction introduction was by way of a matchmaking scenario, um, but what from your internal company um, were some of the driving factors that led you to even pursue the opportunity and how you helped kind of streamline the identification of that partner as the right one? I mean, now obviously things unfolded in a way that was less favorable, but there were some things going into this that cued you in as this might be the right thing to do and the right way to move forward. Yes, great question. So I think that 
being small and being as small as we were in, in, in 2019 when this occurred, I think in 2019, we were a five-person company. Having a vehicle was a huge, would have been a huge win for us, right? It was um, hunting ground, the ability to go after contracts that we wouldn't have been able to on our own, the ability to work with a partner who we were hoping at the time would be almost like a mentor to us to help us grow in the space. Um, they already had lots of past performance and um, were were at the point where they were able to go, on, you know, chase a vehicle and, and pursue a vehicle. We weren't there yet. So we were hoping to follow in their footsteps to um, have the opportunity to grow. And Tasha and I have had this conversation a few different times, but when you're that small, you're just happy that somebody wants to partner with you, right? You are going around and knocking on doors and saying, this is why I'm different. This is why you should partner with me. This is my value add. And when somebody actually takes you up on that offer, you're really excited about it. So that was part of the reason that we wanted to team with them and that we were so excited about the opportunity. So yeah, I we definitely have had that conversation quite a few times and and I'm sure um our small business um listeners can relate to that, you know, just being excited to have a foot in the game and and just the opportunity to show what you can do, improve. Um being that you guys were were small like when you first started, how did you go about even thinking through the teaming process? Not just for this opportunity, but any opportunity that you were looking for beyond um you know, that the, the jump in because, you know, you're just excited to get the opportunity. So honestly, I went into the teaming process very naively, right? I was just excited to have a seat at the table and to have the opportunity. So while we met with them, um, there were, there weren't always uh, clear parameters on what the teaming arrangements were. Um, and in hindsight, that's something that's a lesson learned and something that um, we would caution other small businesses to be clear on. We provided a lot of um, input into the proposal process, and we provided a lot of information and help and support for the proposal process, but we weren't always necessarily clear on what we would get out of it. So in terms of teaming in general, um, just a, a question for both for you and Justin, what's been your experience teaming with small businesses versus large businesses? Um, have you seen a difference between the, the two kind of dynamics and working with the, the different sizes? And I would even offer, if you want to kind of go into more detail, perhaps is there been a difference working with small, large, I should say large, small businesses? So there's, a, as we know, in this industry, the small designation gets a little murky um, in terms of true size of the company. But I think when I, just to give a little bit more detail for our, our listeners, the, a business can still be considered small. Um, if they have certain vehicles and certain contracts where they are allowed to continue to run out the life of those contracts, even though their size standard may have exceeded that of what would be traditionally considered small. So when we say large, small businesses, there's some gray area in there. So interested in you guys' feedback in terms of your experiences in dealing with truly small businesses, very large, small businesses, and in some cases, even large companies as well. You want me to take that one, boss, or you want to take that one? You go for it. So I think that that's a great question. And this has been a, a great opportunity for me to learn, especially coming out of government. Smalls, from my perspective, is really starts with our moniker of trust first. Really going through and vetting everybody to make sure that when we find that good partner, that they're going to be there to pick up the phone, to answer the questions, that they're really truly going to be the partner that we can work with from the personality 
they've got the technical chops, that they are there to be there and row as hard as what we're going to. The one thing that I will tell you that Red Sky is, is very, very adamant about is, is we work really hard and we want to make sure that the partner that we work with and for is going to work as hard as we do. Now, on the opposite side of that, we have to show value to the larges and what makes us different to those large companies. And so what I constantly tell the team is, is what is our value add? What is our value proposition to the larges to set us apart from the other 8As? Because there's a million of us out there. And so when we approach the 8As with a particular opportunity, what sets us apart? What is the value add that we can go to them on that particular opportunity that can really get us ahead? And I don't believe that it's always just the access or placement. It really is something else. It's either the knowledge set or something that is very unique to Red Sky. And I would offer that Red Sky, just with the teaming or with the people that uh, Miss Carol has brought in, really can set us apart from a lot of the other eight days out there. So I think the difference between working with uh, larges and smalls is, is definitely unique challenges, but then also um, unique characteristics that each one brings. So the smalls are very, very agile. We can move things around very quickly. We can make decisions very quickly, good and bad, right? So contractor teaming agreements, um, work share decisions, you take this position, I'll take that position. All of those things can happen via phone call and very, very quickly without levels of approval necessary. Um, I'll tell you guys a funny story. We we work with the company that we really, really like um, and we've worked with them often, but we know that we can't get our NDAs ever through their process. It, so we just say, generally, you send me your NDA and we'll sign it because we know that we're okay with it. But if we send you ours, you're going to mark it up all over the place. So one day they were very busy and they said, nope, we can't do it. Can you just send us your NDA? So we actually took their NDA, copied it, um, and, and you know, sent it back to them because we said, this is the only one that's going to get through the process. Well, lo and behold, 48 hours, it was marked up all over the place, right? So <laughs> the difference between larges and smalls, is it, there's just a lot more level of bureaucracy and a lot more levels of red tape that you have to go to. But with the same, at the same time, the larges are usually much more buttoned up when it comes to the proposal process. There's lots of gate reviews. There's lots of process in place, which also means sometimes for a much stronger proposal or a much um, more coordinated effort. So I think, you know, definitely um, pros and cons to both. Um, I love the agility of small business and I love the process that large business can bring. Thank you for that, Carol and Justin. Um, that's really funny that they marked up their own their own NDA. Um, so next time, yeah, I don't know if you ever went back to them and 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 did those oh, we told them. Up. We told them. We gave them a hard time about it. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> it's clear, you know, that being a subcontractor has significant opportunities, right, for small businesses. But we all know, like with anything, there's a flip side always that can create issues and, and you can end up resulting with little to no return on your effort and investment. So we're going to kind of segue in and start talking a little bit more about how you guys um, have transitioned as you've matured and how you now navigate subcontracting. Um the subcontracting process. Yeah, I mean, to that point, determining a good teaming partner. I, I feel like there's, I mean, to your point earlier, there's a, a matchmaking application, but if for anyone out there that's done online dating or matchmaking, um, as you're swiping right, you may be swiping past some good ones. You may be swiping past some bad ones. You don't really know. And kind of sometimes until you get in it and then sometimes it's too late. So 
determining uh, a good partner, unfortunately, isn't always as easy as, as swiping through pictures on a profile. Um, in some of our other episodes, we've actually discussed a lot about responding to solicitations and finding the right partners, um, especially in cases in one of our episodes where we were talking about JVs. So a lot more documentation involved, a lot more process, but at the, the core of it, still a primary consideration for small businesses in, in how you go about determining um, the right teaming partners. So we wanted to, to pose the question to, to both of you um, as to what some of your primary considerations are as a small business in terms of how you assess or think about subcontracting and the partners you choose to work with on a given opportunity. Is it opportunity specific? Is it customer specific? What are some of the thought processes you all have? Or do you even have a checklist? Or, or what do you do when you're trying to determine the right teaming partner for opportunities? So I would say that uh, for teaming opportunities, it really starts with, for me, the personality and knowing that it's going to be a good fit uh, across the entire team. It's, it's so much easier to work with a group of people that has got a like mind and that you know that they're going to work as hard as what you do, that they've got to care about the project as much as you do. When you find that uh, when you find that group of people that care about the warfighter or that project as much as you do, that's a great first step. And I, I will go back to the trust first piece for us, knowing and part of the conversation always goes back to, hey, when you call, are you going to pick up that phone, or at least give me the the courtesy to say, hey, I'll call you back in twenty minutes. Shooting that text, going back to, hey. We're going to we're going to link up. I'm just on the on the phone with another engagement. No sweat. But again, that builds that trust, builds that relationship. And when you can do that, you're not only benefiting the business, but you're benefiting the warfighter. And I think that that's really what we're all here for. So that's that's probably the most important piece to me. Completely agree with Justin there. So it's interesting to have um, people from from different in different parts of their careers, right? So Justin retired out of the military recently and, and joined us from fresh out. I always joke around fresh out of uniform. We pulled him fresh out of uniform. So the the interesting part is industry is, I, I always say that this industry is very small, although it seems large for us at times. Um, we always run into the same people over and over again. And how you treat people is so important. Justin coming from the government can see um, or has seen how other contractors behave in the space, right? He's seen the infighting, he's seen people not playing well in the space. And he knows, and we know that ultimately the only thing that matters in all of this is the customer. If you are working in GovCon at the end of the day, part of our job whittles down to national security, which is something that's so important to all of us. So being able to pick the right teaming partners, being able to work together collaboratively and being able to, at, uh, at the end of the day, deliver for your customer is all that really matters. And that's where we always start with trust first, right? Tr you have to have that trust because ultimately without trust, you can't deliver. Yeah, and I, I would add to that for, for Smalls listening in, um, also, don't be overwhelmed. I think for all of us on the call, this is something born out of experience. Um, you don't always pick the right companies. You learn that trust factor and learn what to look for as, as you go along. Um, you kind of develop a sixth sense or a spider sense uh, for who you can and can't work with based on the dynamics of the company you have or the dynamics of the customer you're, co company you're trying to build. 
Um, so, so don't feel overwhelmed or, or, or lost if you don't really have that down yet. I think we've all made our fair share of questionable partnering uh, decisions that we've learned from, whether that was unfortunately on customer site or, or we were able to head it off you know, before it was highly visible. But nonetheless, um, that trust factor that we're all kind of speaking about, I think is something in part that you learn over time in the industry. Um, Tasha, did you want to kind of go further on that question or next question? I think I do, because um, that leads us into another part of that consideration in teaming. Sometimes with we were talking about whether you're teaming with a like a large business or a small business or a large small. Um, I know one of the things that I usually consider as well is now that I've done it a few times is like the cost, the cost, the potential cost incurred, like sometimes for certain opportunities, um, depending on what your potential options may be um, for teaming. You know, I think about like with a smaller, I may have to pay more out of pocket on my own for certain things, whereas with the large, they have more. So Carol, is that, you know, is that something that you guys think about as well? And, and what cost factors would you recommend? Yep, absolutely. So the opportunity cost is, is something that we're always considering, right? How much of a lift is it going to be on our end and our resources? What else do we have going on that um, that would other, basically, what, what other opportunities or proposal efforts do we have going on or internal efforts do we have going on that would um, run along the same time so that it would take away from our internal resources? Um, it's always something that we have to consider. So sometimes with the very niche smalls, right, that's a little bit more challenging because they're not necessarily going to be able to help you with the proposal lift or the pricing or, or any of those things. You're going to have to bring that on your own. Um, the past performance piece is, is one that's huge for us. Um, we're a woman-owned small business. We're an SBA 8A. And most of our contracts are just under that $4.5 million threshold, um, especially if they were direct awards or sole source direct awards. Um, so bidding on some of these larger projects can be a little bit difficult for us um, because we don't have the, the 10 million plus you know, past performance that some of these vehicles are looking for. Um, so Partnering with a large is important with for us, or, or a you know a schmedium um, is important for us for for those reasons. Um, it, it is a difficult situation for those mid tier companies because, as you guys mentioned earlier, there is no medium in GovCon. You're either small or large, and and navigating that can be a little bit challenging as well. Um, we we have smalls that we work with that are still smalls on some contract vehicles, but as we're seeing more and more, especially with the drive towards um, more small business procurement and more small business contracting, is that customers are asking those medium-sized companies, if you will, to recertify. And when they recertify, they're no longer small, even on that vehicle. Um, so that becomes a challenge, a challenge as well. Um, all of those things are things that we look at when we're deciding about the quote-unquote opportunity cost. No, that makes complete sense. And there's some factors in there that um, I think happen so often in the background or by way of your business development team um, that that's why we're doing these podcasts to share some of that information um, with others that may not even be versed or maybe not necessarily involved in those processes. So hopefully you learn a little bit more along the way about some of the decision factors that go into how, how uh, teaming arrangements, whether it's subcontractor or prime, are, are orchestrated. Um, to that point, 
Um, and, and given that, unfortunately, ghosting or relationships when you're in teaming arrangements do sometimes fall apart, um, there's kind of a negative connotation around it in the industry, and a lot of businesses don't talk about it. Um, and it's something that we're hoping to bring light to, not necessarily as a negative thing, but as a learning experience for other businesses, um, because sharing that information also, I think, encourages businesses to be more accountable. When you know that these conversations are going to happen, you think twice about how you manage your partners if you're the prime, or you think twice as a subcontractor about assuming that a large business is going to carry your weight. We talk about a lot of things in this industry, but I don't think we're as open as we should be about the dynamics of, of partnering. But on the front end of that, are there things that you guys, either one of you would like to offer in terms of proactive behavior, skills, activities um, that, you know, maybe we haven't discussed yet that can create favorable subcontracting arrangements? Um, I know we've talked a lot about the trust factor, but are there any, say you had a junior resource coming in that you put, as we all do, put, put on the business development track and say, you know, go help us find some partners for this opportunity. What's something that you would tell them with it, with them being new to the industry or maybe not having that sixth sense yet? What are some of those easy gotchas or a checklist or something like that that you would encourage them as a starting point to go kind of help identify partners? Yeah, so I would say even just in my small time working for Red Sky is developing as many relationships as you possibly can and having the ability to reach out to a couple of different partners for even the same opportunity, if possible. And I'll just say for specific reseller opportunities, if uh, if one reseller just doesn't have the resources to, to help you out with that particular time, you can't get your feelings hurt. Maybe they just don't have the resources, but maybe the other partner does. And you, know, you just can't get your feelings hurt in this particular business. And you can use those particular resources with that other. And it may be a blessing in disguise that that other partner just becomes that reseller of choice. It, it just is what it is. And you'll learn all of those, uh, those skills to identify who it is that you can lean on, who you can trust. And, you know, like I said, those things can be a blessing in disguise. So really, uh, in short, is, is just give yourself as many options as possible. And it's not personal. It, it really does just come down to being very business savvy. Completely agree. I would also add, you know, follow your gut. You'll you'll know. You'll get it. You'll feel instinctively whether or not it's a it's a relationship that's good for you. One of the things that we have learned to do now is to partner with companies that um, mirror our, our company values, right? That mirror that that care for the customer. Um, we're all in this to to make a living. So so I'm not going to say that it's not always about money. Money is definitely a portion of it. But at the end of the day, delivering a comprehensive and a great solution and helping your customers really what will um, be the determination for future success and finding other companies that feel that way as well is an important factor for us when when looking for teaming partners. Appreciate that. Tasha, over to you. So we're going to kick it into the end of the podcast. We're coming towards that ending route. And we want to know what's over the horizon for Red Sky. You know, you guys are definitely kicking behind and growing as an 8A. Do you see yourself continuing to lean heavily on subcontracting for your growth strategy? Or are you planning some pivots or adjustments along the way? 
So, you know, what's interesting is when we, when, when I started the company, we were mostly in a prime position because of the 8A and being able to receive sole source awards. We are now um, in the transition phase of our 8A program. So we're in year six of, of our nine years um, plus one because of our pre-COVID year. Thanks, um, SBA. Appreciate that one. But we're actually pivoting more towards subcontracting now um, because we would like to get the larger past performance and be able to go after some of these larger opportunities that we can't sole source or we can't go after alone. So we found ourselves in a in a more um, in a heavier subcontracting position recently, at least from a proposal effort. Um, I'm I'm hopeful and I am um, very confident that some of these things will will be awarded here in, in the near future. And I think it also gives us an opportunity to diversify our portfolio to enter customer sets that perhaps we wouldn't have touched if we had been ch uh, chasing them in a prime contractor role. So really excited about that. Um, in terms of what's on the horizon, we have several RFI efforts that have been conducted recently. Um, so I, I joke around that I think we've done more RFIs or submitted more RFIs this quarter than we did in probably two or three quarters of last year. It's been definitely hitting the ground heavy and, and running and um, full pace, especially since Justin joined us. He's been an incredible asset to the team in terms of being able to push us in the right direction um, and really chase some of those other opportunities that perhaps we didn't have the bandwidth to chase before. Um, from a company perspective, we're starting to expand our footprint in the cyber operations space um, and looking for opportunities to continue growing that, that capability. I'm glad that you described how you guys started and you were in more of a prime um, positioning, even in your earlier start because of the um, the set-asides that you have, um, because you often hear in the space recommendations and, and guidance that, oh, you have to subcontract in order to get going. And that's all, you know, that is the end all is all. And not to say that subcontracting isn't helpful because it is, it's very helpful, um, obviously, with what you just described in being able to get access to larger opportunities that you otherwise would not, you know, be qualified for. Um, and for some companies that are coming in and very, very new to the government and don't really understand the processes, subcontracting is a good good way to learn the ropes. Um, but for our listeners, you don't, you can start in with Prime, especially if you have um, a background and a foundation and understand how things work and you have the network. Um, and the infrastructure to to do that. So thank you so much for for putting that out there. Carol and team, I'm going to somewhat volunteer you, so I'm going to apologize now. But um, I would ask that um, you tell our audience a little bit more about how they can get in touch with Red Sky. And specifically, here's where the volunteer part comes in. For the most small businesses that really want to learn more so, to Tasha's point, about how to navigate as an 8A and maybe take their first couple steps and, and getting those prime opportunities as you all were so successful in doing so um, in somewhat of a mentorship capacity or a partner capacity, whatever that may be. But um, to tell the audience how they can get in touch with you kind of on both sides of that. So from the partnering perspective and, and the, the growth perspective, but also as kind of a support capacity um, as we don't always hear the, the good side of the story about actually being able to hit the ground running as an 8A and get some prime contracts. We have been so lucky and I am incredibly grateful for the network that I had going into this process. Um, if it weren't for the network, 
that I had and the network that we've grown, we wouldn't be where we are today from a company perspective. We've had a lot of people reach out and say, we're excited about what you're doing. Let me give you some tips. I've sat down with a countless number of people, both large and small businesses, to discuss um, growth strategies, to discuss what's next, to discuss how to approach other primes or, or, or other large businesses, um, to develop our value propositions, to develop our messaging, our strategic messaging, and, and really our long-range strategy. Um, it's something that Justin and I talk about on a daily basis. What are we doing and how are we going to do it next? I welcome any small business or large business, right? Whoever wants to chat, because I think that expanding your network is key to growing in this space. Um, the bigger network you have, the more people you can reach out to, the more people you can talk to, um, the faster you will grow. I always joke around that I wish that there was a, um, a, a manual or a handbook that said, this is what you do next. Um, because I think that as a small business, that's one of our biggest challenges. Where do we invest those limited dollars? Where do we invest our limited time? Um, what customer is the best one for us to go after? There's no, there's no magic answer I wish there was. But one of the things that I've learned is by talking to other people, by talking to industry, you start to find your way. Um, and you start to also, as Justin mentioned earlier, develop those relationships and find out who's key for you and who has those same value sets as you do. So from a how to get in touch with us perspective, we are available on um, www.redskyus.com if you want to learn about us, or if you want to reach out to us, we can share our contact information, LinkedIn, we're always on there as well. If anybody wants to get together for, you know, coffee in person or virtual, I'm open to that as well. I'm located in the DC area, Justin is in Tampa. We're always working to grow our network and we're always willing to expand our customer um, and partner We'll call it an ecosystem. I like to call ecosystem. it ecosystem. That's the word I'm, I was looking for. Thank you for that ecosystem. And always looking for, for opportunities to not only support others, but, but to find ways to grow as well. So with that said, um, definitely open to, to connecting with, with whoever is interested. Awesome. Appreciate that. And with that, we have had an amazing conversation. Thank you so much, Justin and Carol, for joining us uh, today. Um, we've learned about, you know, just because you have a teaming agreement doesn't mean that that subcontract is going to come through and some new strategies or strategies that already existed in validating your partners, you know, making sure that they have the same values, understanding what you're at, what you're going to get out of the deal from the start, being a bit more bullish on enforcing like what your needs are as a small, uh, when you're talking about, you know, subcontracting. And then that trust factor. And that's something that obviously happens over time. But, you know, you are deserving of getting your piece of the pie. And with that, we're going to wrap up our podcast today. Yaz, you want to close us out? Absolutely. Thanks again, Carol and Justin, for, for joining us today. Uh, to our audience, definitely engage with us. Shoot questions over. Subscribe. Um, share with others in industry, share with others outside of the industry. You never know who the next small business may be. Um, so we're always encouraging everyone in GovCon and outside of GovCon, in the Beltway and outside of the Beltway, uh, to join the conversation. Um, we're always looking for others to support the cause, help um, for advocacy of small businesses and us all growing together in this industry. Again, thank you for joining us on Unveiled GovCon Stories, a High 39 media production with our hosts, Tasha and Yaz, and our guests, 
Carol Monroe, and Justin Cook of Red Sky. Please, again, subscribe and follow us on our social handles and share the podcast to spread to your teammates, fellow small businesses, and others just generally interested in learning more about GovCon and the industry that we support. Thanks again.